0: Gilbertsville and the Town of Butternuts in upstate New York are topics on this episode of the Historians Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore. We welcome Lee Eckmeyer. Thanks for joining us, Lee. Oh, it's
1: my pleasure.
0: Lee Eckmeyer is Village of Gilbertsville and Town of Butternuts historian. She's also the archivist for Gilbertsville Free Library. The Town of Butternuts and the Village of Gilbertsville are located in Otsego County in upstate New York. Gilbertsville, for example, is some 17 miles west of Oneonta. How did you come to settle in Gilbertsville?
1: Well, I, uh, I, I got hijacked. <laughs> in, it, as, as in many stories, it starts with, in quotes, I met a guy. I see. <laughs> who, who dragged me off to Gilbertsville because he had to show me this beautiful village where that he was from oh. and and I was I was born I believe a historian my father always said that my very first word instead of mama or dada was why <laughs> and um, my parents I just quickly tell you my my mother was from Philadelphia my father from, was from Washington DC mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was born in Washington and we lived a lot of different places but Most years, we would spend Easter week between those two places, and we were taken to see every historic site and place and anything uh, between the two Mm -hmm. over a period of time. So, I was introduced to uh, the uh, spirit of St. Louis and and um, other things like that, and the president presidents' wives' wedding dresses. By the time I was five years old, hmm. and the other other kinds of things, you know, like the uh, Capitol building, at, and, and then in Philadelphia, the Constitution Hall and the the uh, bell, which was always very disappointing because we couldn't make it make any make noise. It ring.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. But then, as yeah. you say,
0: you met a guy, and that was Frank Eckmeyer.
1: Yes, my yes, he was. Yes, he was. My very, uh, as I say, he was very interested in history to the point where. Uh, he wanted, he really wanted to camp out on the Gettysburg battlefields for our honeymoon, but they wouldn't let us do that. So we had to go to (laughs) (laughs) Fort, one of the forts up in Vermont. So anyway, um, he brought me here and I got involved, well, early in being here in helping out with a research project Mm -hmm. and, um. Yeah, tell yeah. us
0: about that, uh, Lee. I mean, uh, this was a research project that was based on the fact that Gilbertsville, this little village, has all these uh, historic or architecturally significant houses.
1: And that that was really that that sort of took over my life, and that and things that have have come up as a result of that. The the village was being threatened by. Starting in the 1930s, by an Army Corps of Engineers uh, flood reduction project, it was either depending on what what year it was and who, what who they were trying to sell it to, it was either flood control or water for uh, municipalities or for vacation sites and th- lakes and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And they had come up with a plan that. That would, involved 46 dams in the central part of New York State, three of which would uh, uh, threaten the village of Gilbertsville. One in particular would put uh, make a seven mile long lake that had, would cover the the village of Gilbertsville would be sort of under the middle of that lake. And the people who lived here, there's there's really a long, long history. Of this area of western Otsego County that's um, resulted in the uh, village itself having this architectural uniqueness that's also very important but the the dams that they were promoting were going to um, as I say inundate this Mm -hmm. seven mile stretch of the lower Butternut Valley and one of the Things that it would destroy, other other things that it would destroy, but that didn't make a big hit at the time. Was a twelve thousand a site of twelve thousand years of archaeological history of Indian habitation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But the the village, and over this long period of time, the village was uh, where it started wasn't where it is now, and. And it was um, uh, by by the time this came up, this threat to the village, there were was like a two mile long stretch of archi of arch, architecture, pardon me, architecture that spanned the years from uh, basically 1769 to the present, mm-hmm. and the the older one of the the um, Things that they were, the residents were concerned about was the fact that these seventeen seventy buildings uh, represented the earliest history of Western Otsego mm-hmm. County itself. Can you tell and, me,
0: what about some of the the buildings themselves? Like there was the, can we maybe just go through a few of them? I've got a list sure. here. The Gilbertsville Academy. What was that?
1: The Gilbertsville Academy was part of the cultural history of this region, which sets it aside from any other place in Otsego County. And And it was the building that housed the Gilbertsville Academy, which was established in 1815. But the interest in, in promoting education had begun uh, seriously here in 1790. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the And so the Academy had this over 100-year history of Training students who most of them went on to further education out of this area and uh, made big names from the, for, the, for themselves uh, all over the world.
0: Mm-hmm. Wait, and what about the Presbyterian Church?
1: The pres- which one? Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> well, there's, there's one that is now the uh, Grange Hall, and it was built in 1833. Now, this, this is, I take a little side note here about the churches. There were four churches in Gilbertsville, but they were not all located where they are now. But one was built in 1796, and then another one, uh, another one, had a building that sort of came and went. I think it was a converted pig pen. But the the other churches shared Sundays meeting in the district schoolhouses. Mm. Well, as the the town. Uh, the town prospered, and and um, more. There was more interest in religion, and the uh, Presbyterians had a wonderful building built in 1833. And the other churches, as they saw what was happening, jumped on the bandwagon. And in six years, between 1833 and 1839, there were four brand new churches built. And paid
2: for. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and
1: they most one one was taken away, taken down because the uh, community had shrunk so much they couldn't have support the church itself. But where was I going
0: with that? I don't know. It? Let me ask you about another building. How yeah. about Tiendera? or Tiandera? How do you Tiendera say that?
1: Tiendera is is a mansion that is up on one of the side hills. That was built as a summer home for someone coming back in the 1870s, and it was designed by a Boston architect, William Ralph Emerson.
0: Hmm. Well, again, I've seen pictures. and never been to Gilbertsville, but it looks like this really charming place, and I think you have like fewer, around 400 people living there now. One of the buildings I wanted to ask you about I think has – uh, a direct relationship to you and your family, or to your hus- your late husband Frank Eckmeyer, and that's the Empire House.
1: The Empire House, and that's the only building left in the village that is still operating in the business for which it was built, and it was built in the 1830s. Originally hmm. built, it's had a couple of of um, changes and additions, but it is still an inn. It was an inn and a stagecoach stop, and so forth.
0: And it wasn't in when your late husband lived there, right? When he was growing up?
1: As a kid, yes. He was growing up. He lived there, and um, that's where he painted this mural, as I say, when he was between 17 and 20. And um, the mural is still there. Mm -hmm. And it's his take on, well, he he tried to do it uh, uh, by, like, a street scene. But he had to move some buildings because they in the mural, they couldn't fit where they would buy if you had them on a map. So, no. but it was all there.
0: And maybe just a, a little bit more about your uh, your husband. He was a painter and a printmaker, quite highly regarded. I, I know he had a big display, or they did an exhibition of his work at uh, the State Museum in Albany.
1: Right, and that was a that was a first for the New York State Museum. The first exhibit of uh work by a living person. Hmm. And yeah, Frank Frank was just a Gilbertsville kid, uh played football, played baseball. He was a catcher, loved being playing catcher and but he was always an artist from when he was a little kid and he um he just he had some good luck and some some um good mentors who put, pointed him along useful directions of for education and then he just he was manic he 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 did more work in one day than Sixteen people would do
0: in a week. Wow! We're talking with uh, Lee Eckmeyer. She's Village of Gilbertsville, Town of Butternuts Historians. We'll be back in uh, just a moment. This is the Historians Podcast, and we depend on your contributions to keep uh, going. And the uh, website you can access is... GoFundMe.com forward slash 2019 dash the dash historians. Or you can uh, send a check made out to me, Bob Cudmore, to 125 Horstman Drive, Scotia, New York. Thank you very much. Lee Eckmeyer with us, village of Gilbertsville, town of Butternut's historian. Uh, Gilbertsville, small village, has a uh, whole boatload of uh, interesting houses. In fact, we're speaking to you at the library. I, I, the, I've seen other pictures. The library it, itself is uh, historic, isn't
1: it? The library was built in uh, actually in 1819. And it was built as a school. It was um, the school building that had been on the site had burned down, so they rebuilt it in stone. And then it operated as a schoolhouse for sixty years. And it grew too small to uh, to accommodate the population of students, so they moved out. But in the meantime, uh, for the first. Uh, 25 years it was the home of the academy it shared space with the district school but that's where the academy started and then when they were incorporated in 1839 they built the building that you saw the picture of
2: mm-hmm.
1: but um, what is, I was going to tell you about the um, some of the structures w- which they run from um, the well many of the the earliest ones are all federal and one thing that has been noticed is that they can't they have never found any record or re- remnants of a cabin in this area really <laughs> yeah be- well these people didn't have cabins were not in their repertoire mm-hmm. so there's pattern books houses and greek revival carpenters gothic italianate queen anne gilded age um all, uh, there are examples of oh, all that. of those forms.
0: Now, let me ask you about Gilbert. His name, the man for whom they named the town, was Abijah. Is it called Gilbert? He was from England.
1: Well, that's an interesting story. Now, there were in the in the earliest years of the town of Butternuts in that region four distinctly separate and unrelated Gilbert families. Uh. And some of them shared names, so uh, it, it it sort of depends on who you talk to, but at some point uh, one member of the family who wrote some history of Gilbertsville uh, adopted this is is the uh, observation and claimed that it was named for their grandfather hmm. so that uh, and that man did come from England, and when he arrived is up for question, although. That has been uh, identified in one or another time period, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and it's just it's just as interesting as all of the rest of this because the original uh, developers of this region primarily came from the uh, Midlands, the agricultural Midlands of England,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and they they started coming here in 1769 and and they brought a very distinct uh, and and a wonderful culture they they what they these people were uh, middle class educated uh, I describe them as agriculturalists although they are usually referred to as farmers but they were professionals and they had a very well-developed culture uh, uh, they' Their uh, own ideas and and patterns of of architecture and the idea of improving mm-hmm. our uh, agriculture and the education and religion and um all all other forms of living in one of, and they were on top of what was the la- the latest thing in any subject you could talk about at at that time and these families kept coming they came uh, they would encourage their cousins and their uncles and their aunts and over a period of a hundred years bringing the most uh uh, foremost ideas in any subject with them so that this area was uh not backward by any Mm -hmm. way shape or form and some of them traveled back and forth to england annually
0: now let me ask you this: or what you think of this statement? I, I read it somewhere. I don't think it was something you wrote. That someone said that Gilbertsville has the feel of an English village.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and and um, and I don't think that that's uh, by accident. But this is the culture that they brought with them, and there are descendants of some of those families who still live here, or who have have changed the or altered a family home into a vacation home so that they can come here on a regular basis.
0: Hmm. Was that true, I mean, of your husband's people, or where did they come from?
1: My husband's mother, uh, her family was from Long Island since 1640, and his father was Austrian, and we still have family in Austria.
0: Let me switch gears. We've been talking about Gilbertsville talking about Gilbertsville, which is a village, but it's within the town of Butternuts. That's kind of an unusual. Where does Butternuts get its name?
1: Well, the, from the best we can tell, it was known as the Butternut Valley. Uh, this road that that runs through it uh, was recognized as as a ancient, Very ancient trade route, and that's part of that archaeological history of the twelve thousand years of constant habitation. Uh, The and in a lot of um, there are a lot of old references to this road. Starting, it's that it went from from like here to the Mohawk Valley. We we can we can uh, document that with. Uh, primary sources: a lot of very early deeds and mortgages that uh, for properties that run through the the Butternut Valley from, uh, say the bottom of of Canada Regal Lake, mm-hmm. uh, until to where this uh, road met the U- Unadilla River, when the Unadilla River and the Susquehanna. Go go together. Go together. But anyway, what I was going to say about that was uh, that th- it was known to be the route to the land where the butternut grows.
0: And the butternut's a tree that produces nuts, right?
1: The, well, the but yeah, it's part of the walnut family, and that's a whole other story about the agricultural uh, um, activity along the butternut road, and that the Indians were farming at least. At least as recently as seven thousand years ago, hmm. then the uh, the uh historian who's been doing all that research, his name is Michael Kudish, and he has a study center in the Catskills hmm. and he told me that he, well he does this research by taking core samples of peat bogs. Huh. are
0: and there then, still butternut trees there or a lot? there of are
1: still butternut trees here, but um what what his research he told me that he he had documented at least that uh, farming back 7,000 years, and he said, if I live long enough, I know I can get it back another 3,000 years. And that's one of the reasons why this area was so um, uh, popular with agriculturalists was because this land was already, had been being farmed for so long, it was just perfect. Hmm. The uh, uh, description by some people, and I think it depended on how they got here, was that there was nothing here but trees and wolves.
0: Now, are, are farms still common there in butternut? Uh, well,
1: it's it's over the last twenty five years, the the farming has almost dried up to nothing. And this was, as I, I started to say, at some point, the when the first people came from um, from the Midlands of England, they they were bringing with them their well established uh, agricultural. Methods which were they were based on sheep, not cows. Okay. And sheep were it was a, like a value-added uh, situation where the the sheep produced cheese, butter, and cheese, which was big project. That was a cash crop for them because they could get, take it or send it to the Catskills, mm-hmm. or to Catskill on the Hudson from here, or to Schenectady. And get cash for cheese.
2: Mm-hmm. A lot
1: of other things that they had to—they had to figure out how they were going to get paid in what way. But it was very, very uh, profitable. And these people were were not wealthy. They weren't rich. Let's put it that way. But they were comfortable. Mm-hmm. A- and this agricultural—it's uh, like 200 years. It w- it w- really worked very, very well.
0: One other point that you are that you've told me about is that. The history of butternuts in uh, the western Otsego County has to do with the 1768 Fort Stanwix Treaty between the British and the Iroquois nations. How does that uh, relate to where you are?
1: That's very, very, very important. And because that established the line of the western frontier, Otsego County is bordered by... The Unadilla River and the Unadilla River was the northern part of the Fort Stanwix Treaty, and the Fort Stanwix Treaty was because the the uh, Indians were wanting a a barrier, a legal barrier past which Western Europeans would not be permitted to uh, settle. Mm -hmm. And so the and the King of England wanted a tax base from which he could. Get funds to pay for his uh, wars and other things that he was doing. So, what the the decision was made uh, that he would he would buy this land. They drew drew a line from Fort Stanwix down the Unadilla River, then it muddled around and went all the way down to Kentucky, but up here it it ended at the Susquehanna River. Every piece of land. East of that line, east of the Unadilla River, mm-hmm. and and uh, north of the of Susquehanna, that was not already owned by somebody else, he would buy.
2: The King and of England, right?
1: The King of England would nice. buy that, and in return, he, and then then he could sell patents, which to anybody who wanted to buy pieces of land within this. Uh, framework he would sell that a patent to them for a certain amount of money which he would get first and in and in return they would get the purchaser would get a patent which would allow them at th- that point then to negotiate with the indians to buy the land mm-hmm. and then they would be setting up the the um, tax rolls and tax these people but The other thing was that the people who were buying the land by contract uh, from the king, or buying the patent, rather, from the king, they must, within three years, settle X number of farm families on the land that they had bought, they were buying, and they had to have one family, commonly it was one family for every 300 acres that they bought, Mm -hmm. and In addition to that, they had to have, in in addition to the 300 acres that were uh, being occupied by one family, they had to prove that they had 50 acres under cultivation. Hmm. So they were delivering farm families immediately. Mm -hmm. And these were boatloads of people coming from the Midlands of England. Hmm. And the first one that we have a record of was... A woman whose name was Catherine, the Dowager Duchess of Gordon, who was the wife of Stats Long Morris, and at the at the uh, sale where she she was represent she was there at that took place at Johnson Hall in the in the February of 1769, and she, the, she her husband, Stats Long Morris, was representing his family, he himself and his three brothers. And they, she wanted her own land. So she, at that place, bought 1,800 acres from the Morris brothers.
0: Hmm. And did and she that, settle there? Or is that-
1: she, developed, she, she and Stats delivered their first families in May of 1769.
0: We're uh, talking with Lee Eckmeyer, a uh, village of Gilbertsville, town of Butternuts, historians. Uh, you were saying the the farming has declined uh, dramatically around there. What is it that people there now do for a living?
1: They're retired.
0: <laughs>
1: and, and and or struggling. Oh, it, dear. It's, it's, really, it's really tough uh, because for young families, there's not a whole lot of employment. And um, so it's it's like well this whole area is under the same gun hmm. that um, there's just the, the the government has has again screwed up the dairy industry and uh, the only way they can even make a go of it is with these huge uh, factory factory farms.
0: farms yeah
1: and I believe there's at least three in the town of Butternuts really where they have less. Not less than a thousand cows in each one.
0: What now? You're the town and village um, historian. You're also the archivist at the Gilbertsville Free Library. What what does that involve?
1: Well, that that involves taking care of the of the historic documents for the village and the town, and we have a wonderful collection. That, that uh, archives was established fifty years ago uh, as a as a part of the library itself. And at which time they put a, a small addition on the back of the building that's fireproof. They, they put that on for as to the ho- home for the archives. Okay. And we keep adding to it as, as additional materials come to light, which is so exciting.
0: Very good. Well, Lee Eckmeyer has uh, joined us village of Gilbertsville town of butternuts historian in uh, upstate New York, um, Butternut's located in western Otsego County, and she's also the archivist for the Gilbertsville Free Library. You've been listening to The Historian's Podcast, and I'm Bob Cutmore.